Hello, welcome to episode two of As It Occurs To Me. These are going up every week on Monday and they're free. But if you feel like you want to pay something or you want to see more of what we've done, then why not head to gofasterstripe.com slash A-I-O-T-M where you can buy badges, you can buy t-shirts, you can buy a tea towel, there's DVDs there. Uh, there's also a subscriber channel for, for just £15. You can see all the episodes right now, uh, all at extra length of about 20 minutes of extra material in them. Um, and behind the scenes stuff, bloopers and stuff that got cut out, uh, all sorts of stuff is there. I hope you'll think they're worthwhile and fun to see if you're enjoying the series. Um, you can also see the long episodes if you just become a monthly badger at gofasterstripe.com slash badges. Pay a pound or more a month and you'll immediately have all six of those uh, episodes at full length. But for the moment, let's sit back and enjoy As It Occurs To Me. Richard Herring! Hello! Thank you. Welcome to episode two of As It Occurs To Me. Uh, but I, was, uh, I saw some kids watching Night at the Museum on their iPod Nano the other day. Uh, they were calling it Aeotima, so I don't know if that's... It's all that stuff that has occurred to me or happened to me uh, in the last month. Uh, I'm still trying to move house unsuccessfully. Uh, it's got to the point where when I use my web browser, that rightmove.com is the first suggestion that comes up when you put www in there. That's, it's uh, pushing the once supreme porn hub into second place. <laughs> I can't believe that's happened. It's, it says a lot about what I've become. Uh, when a man is tired of wanking in his own house, <laughs> he is tired of life. But, uh, and uh, I got a late call up to appear on Pointless Celebrities. For the third time, my wife and I were last minute replacements for John Stapleton and Lynn Folds Wood, which really puts my place in the celebrity <laughs> firm into some kind of perspective. For the last minute. I'm sure they were just, you know, get everyone else organised so they could get the really special people in at the last minute. But uh, would it be third time lucky? Could I finally win a pointless trophy? I was had to go on with my wife, Katie, who hates quiz shows, uh, is quite shy and doesn't want to be on TV. She knew how much this meant to me, so she, she agreed to come on. But if she fucked up, imagine what that effect <laughs> would have on our marriage. Uh, it looked like it should be fine. Uh, one of the teams we were up against was two of the Osman brothers. Not the two of the famous ones. They're, they're 95 years old now and uh, have no memory of anything. And uh, when I, in fact, generally, when asked for a country that produced a lot of coffee, Merrill Osmond said... <laughs> well, it, it would have to be somewhere in South America, so uh, I'm going to say Greece. <laughs> Surely this was the open goal I'd always dreamed of. I, I, I'm not allowed to tell you what happened, but let's just say my wife is sleeping on the sofa at the moment. <laughs> For fuck's sake, when will I... I never win anything! When will I win? What have I done to you, God, that makes me just... Oh, yeah, fair enough. I was thinking about that. Fair enough. As it occurs to me... We continue to do the work to fulfil the AI Ottoman yes, Kickstarter. This week, George from Asda. He's a nice lad. Uh, Delivered, 20, yeah, delivered 26 semicircular toilet mats for me to turn into these luxury <laughs> AI Ottoman <laughs> toilet mats. 
And I hope you can see that it's complete with real gametes there. That I've, I've worked very hard. In fact, it's all made out of my gametes. I had to eat specific foods in order to get each. The pink was particularly troublesome. After the red, the red was a worrying day. Uh, but uh, but I can't help wondering what Ian Asda must have thought when he got that order. Oh my God! Post-Brexit semicircular toilet mat sales have gone through the roof. Right, let's close down all the other services that Asda provides and concentrate solely on these. Or maybe. Oh, there's a bloke in Shepherd's Bush who's bought 26 toilet mats all in one go. He can't have 26 toilets. <laughs> what the hell is he doing with them? We should put him on some sort of register. <laughs> what if the police came round to see what I was up to? Just waiting for my colleagues to Um... <laughs> I hope he's better than this in that Ian Hislop play. Yeah, me too. Uh, hello, Mr Herring. Uh, we've had reports that you've stockpiled a huge supply of semicircular toilet mats. That is not a crime. Well, that'll be for us to judge, sir. Might you tell me what you're planning to do uh, with a huge amount of toilet mats? You know, I'm just going to put them round my toilet to, in case there are any spillages of uric acid. Oh, come now, Mr Herring. Even the world's laziest urinator needs a maximum of three semicircular toilet mats. One round the toilet, mm -hmm. one in the wash, and one on standby in case there's a massive spillage of urine while the backup mat is in the wash. That's standard procedure. So, sir, can you tell us what you're doing with the other 23 mats? Well, Christmas is coming up. So you're sending 23 people a five-pound semicircular toilet mat from Asda? Yeah, it does seem like quite a cheap gift, doesn't it? Especially considering how much the people who paid for them on Kickstarter <laughs> paid. But I'd be delighted to receive one of those. That's a lovely gift. All right, can we have a look at the mat, sir? Well, um, no, they're all in the wash, so I can't... Yeah, come on, don't lie with us. We can see them. Can you pass that one here, please, sir? Let's have a look. Right, it seems to be, uh, seems to be some sort of crude daubing on it. Mm. AI Ottoma. <laughs> no, move along, please. There's nothing to see here. <laughs> AI Ottoma. I'm not going to warn you again, ladies and gentlemen, please. It must stand for an illegal onanist toilet mat. Yes. I mean, that is the only explanation. There yeah. seems to be some sort of residue oh, sort of here residue. as well. I don't know if that's... Uh, uh... Yeah, that is 100% that is pure man semen. Yeah, let me have a... Hang on a... It's claggy. It's, it's animal semen. No, that's... let's have another go, yeah. No, that's definitely disgusting, wanking man. Mr Herring, you are under arrest, and Operation High Back Armchair gets its first high-profile arrest. You're just taking me down because of the lack of success for Operation Wanking Off with the Ventriloquist Dummy, that's... Mr Lee was exonerated on all charges. And scene. scene. To me, licking semen off a semicircular toilet mat in the name of comedy. Thank you, and also thanks to everyone who donated to the Kickstarter campaign. People like Richard Hayes, who paid me some money to insult him. His first name is Dick, he has ginger hair, and he works in IT. So it's pretty hard to think of anything. Uh, <laughs> to mock him about, but I have it on good authority that Richard Hayes is a fucking idiot. So, boom! <laughs> Thanks for your donation, Richard. Um, your £175 paid for this expensive antique... Whoa! Oh! Oh, no! 
It got smashed. Boom! We don't need your money! Oh, no, we do need your money. Uh, if you enjoy these shows, you can see... Uh, you can see longer versions of all these shows at uh, www.gofasterstripe.com slash aartima. Uh, you can buy a pass there and get loads of behind-the-scenes stuff, so please give us some more money. And... Oh, it's a shame about that, isn't it? <laughs> like the way it just didn't break and I had to say, you enjoy that? That's why I anticipated. We couldn't afford to buy two of them. Anyway, thanks. Thanks also to the people here in the front row who paid extra money for these luxury seats. Uh, because of that, you get literal... You're the literal slave masters of the AI Ottoman. Team is TV's Emma Kennedy, Dan Tetzel, and up on the podium playing the melodium, it's Christian Riley. As it occurs to me, meldonium is not a musical instrument, but a drug used to treat coronary heart disease. It has been found to induce anticonvulsant and anti-hypnotic effects involving outflip to androgenic receptors as well as nitric oxide-dependent mechanisms and could be beneficial for the treatment of seizures and alcohol intoxication. That's good. So it's uh, musical and educational. I did not know that. I, th I thought that was a Meldonium. No, no, this is a guitar. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow, you learn something new every day on this show, don't you? So, uh, uh, Incidentally, that uh, Meldonium song is available on my new uh, CD, uh, Christian yeah. Riley Sings Wikipedia. Okay. <laughs> also joining us this week is a brand new cast member that the executive of this show insisted we bring in to try and skew our demographic to a more youth-orientated vibe. I see him very much as the scrappy-doo, uh, as it occurs to me. I don't, I don't think that's uh, over-egging it, either. Please welcome his Matthew Crosby, ladies and gentlemen. What's up? Yo, yo, yo. You know, I don't call this show uh, as it occurs to me. I actually call it A.I. Ottoma. Oh, did know there'd be some cool kids here as well. So, is that, a, is that, is that an iPod Nano you're listening to there? Correct, Amondo, dude. Do you want to watch uh, Superman Returns with you later on? <laughs> do, do I? Of course you do. I do. You're not made uh, of stone. Sorry, sorry, you've been brought in by executives. Yeah. What exec I thought we didn't have any... I thought the whole point of this, you stealing money from these poor people, was that we wouldn't have to answer to... Executives. Oh, Dan, you're so naive. Everything's got executives nowadays, and we have to we have to attract a more lucrative demographic rather than the low-income gingerhead IT working spots that we <laughs> are currently getting. This uh, they're currently filling the theatre now. Well, I mean, they're not they're not really filling it, are they? <laughs> but my point is, Matthew Crosby isn't young. He's got to be pushing forty. I'm thirty-six. How old are you, Dan? I was on Hollyoaks! <laughs> Come on, Dan, you don't have to be jealous. There's room for you. There'll always be a place for you here on A. Ottoman. That's right, Dan. There will. Aside. <laughs> there won't. I'm going to replace you. D sorry, what did you... I, I couldn't hear the last bit of what you just said. Nothing. Aside. Something. <laughs> he's, he's doing your act. He's using your thing against you. Let's find out what we've all been up to this week. I genuinely had a sex dream about you, Emma. Oh, the, no. This month. I did. 
I just want you all to know that I insisted I didn't hear this <laughs> until he tells me now. So we this were, is the first time we were I'm going, going to, to hear We really wanted to go to bed with each other. And we had to climb up a sort of climbing frame. To, we were sort of excitedly climbing up Standard, climbing yep. frame. Yeah. Like in, in a playground. Yeah. We're in a playground together. <laughs> yeah. It was a bed on the top. We got onto the bed. Yeah. But even in the bed, even in the dream, we were you and I, the dream you, were both so disgusted about the idea <laughs> of having sex with each other that we couldn't do it. Yeah. I couldn't get aroused. Yeah. And you said, I don't want to do it. And I, I said, I don't want to do it. Even I in the dream. I was dry as a bone. <laughs> you were. Yeah. I, I, imagined, so, I imagined I was puffing dust. So <laughs> you decided just to give me a blowjob, but... <laughs> and you did give me a blowjob, but I couldn't get an erection. <laughs> that was my sex dream about you. <laughs> Even in the world of fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Even in a fantasy yeah, world, imaginary world, yeah, I, you can't yeah. get erection. Even around. though that was all in your imagination, I've got to leave now <laughs> to go and be sick. <laughs> Do you think that was a come on, lads? I think that was a, a come on. Do you think no. she wants me to go after her? No, well, yeah, no. I think there's. No, learn your lesson, Trumpy. <laughs> Dan, what's been up going with you this I week? I had a sex dream. No, I didn't. <laughs> uh, I have been living in Newbury and growing a moustache. Yeah. That seems to, and uh, I've been away from my family, so I've been talking to my uh, kids on Skype, and my one and a half year old son now calls the computer daddy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, yeah, bleak. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Christ. On, you know, on the upside, I don't have to get up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Christian, anything happened to you? I've mostly been uh, learning that sting about what meldonium is. Oh, yeah, good. Well, you did a good... <laughs> yeah, it's been a hell of a week. You did a good, you did a good job. Uh, Matthew, what have you been up to this week? Uh, Sorry. Uh, no, do you mind if I have a little... Can I have just... Do you no, mind you if I have a bit have, more desk? No, is that all right? Can't. I don't know. I just feel like I should probably be here, right? No, just right. No, you can't. Well, can there. I sit in Emma's chair then? No, sit... that's for Emma. You are new. Get on the end of Rich, the desk. Rich, I don't really feel like I'm being made to be very come welcome on, Dan, here. Dan, come on. You have to share with your little brother. Yeah. And you get, get this. Try and share nicely with the slightly younger, slightly funnier, slightly better-looking comedian, please. <laughs> future humans, it is I, Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> and I come with a dire warning about the one you call Matthew Crosby. Tell you what, I like that hat. It's pretty no, no. good, isn't it? Oh, no, it's a nice little hat. Do you know what? I'm, I'm probably going to do a little bit of uh, sort of uh, whose line is it anyway style uh, improv with it, if that's oh, all right. Because yeah. uh, uh, everyone loves Willie, yeah. Uh, oops. Oh, look, it's a, it's a toilet. Oh, oh, God. oh, it's another toilet. Oh, that's good. Oh, I'm seeing those ships. Amazing. <laughs> amazing. Uh, what did you want to warn us about, Abraham Lincoln? Oh, nothing, Richard. It was just the last month. Something, something was pulling me back to seeing you. What do you mean? Don't tell me you haven't felt it too. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I just really liked your hat. It was a really great hat. This. Look me in the eyes and tell me you've felt nothing. I, I, I can't do that, Abraham Lincoln. Oh, oh, my stars! I'm going back. Give me my hat. So that bit, 
That's a bit like Nostradamus from your old television show, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it isn't, because uh, Nostradamus had a horse. And Abraham Lincoln has a hat. Very different, Greg, very different. <laughs> and I am pretty sure that Abraham Lincoln is, uh, was heterosexual and a man and not Welsh. Well, <laughs> let's see what Wikipedia has to say about that. As it occurs to me, Abraham Lincoln was an American politician and lawyer who served as the 16th president of the United States from March 1861 until his assassination in April 1865. Although he was married, he was secretly gay and Welsh. <laughs> and a woman. Citation needed. You just typed that bit in. I didn't. See? <laughs> no, I didn't. It's, that's, that's fine. thought that was obvious. It's not! It's not obvious! Well, it should be. It's, it's, it's obviously a, a robot made out of toasters. It's obviously a load of old toasters put together in a, a vaguely humanoid shape. <laughs> That's what a robot is. It isn't. It is! I've made a robot out of toasters to show you that a robot is essentially just a load of toasters stuck together. So why win the argument? QED. What argument? The argument we had about sex robots. That was like a month ago. Do you have any idea how long it takes to make a robot out of toasters? About a month. Anyway, wasn't that argument about whether or not it was cheating if you had sex with a robot? Partly that, but it was partly about the fact that given you didn't mind me having sex with a toaster... I would mind. It's all right for me to have sex with a robot, which, as I've just shown, is just a load of toasters stuck together. QED. Except I would mind if you had sex with a toaster. And that is not a robot. That's an inert, vaguely human-shaped collection of toasters. I mean, you've proved absolutely nothing. You can't just say a load of old nonsense, put QED at the end and think you've won an argument. I would argue you can do exactly that. QED. Do you even know what that means? Question effectively de determined? QED. You've wasted a month and God knows how much money to prove Absolutely nothing. That's the beauty of it. it. hasn't cost me a penny. You have no idea how many people just dump toasters out in the street or in skips or in that recycling bin at the library. The toasters are broken, so your toaster robot can't even make toast. You don't make a robot of this level of sophistication in order to make toast, Katie. No, you build it to put in your sleeping wife's bed with no regard about the fact that the skip toasts are probably full of rat piss. You, you, you just keep changing the point now. You're always doing this. You keep changing the subject. I can't, I can't remember what it is that we've said. You're a dad now, Richard. You've got responsibilities. You can't... Devote an entire month to trying to win an argument about the fact that you want to have sex with the actress Gemma Chan by building a rapist-riddled mannequin out of fucking broken household appliances. That isn't why I did this. I thought you'd wake up, you'd see the robot... Remember an argument from a month ago? ..and realise that I was right. QED, Katie, QED. Oh, my God. Have you given it genitals? 
just for anatomical accuracy. Yeah, because the uh, rest of it's so realistic. What is that? Single slice toaster. And behind that? Cigarette lighter from a car. Why have you done this? I must have had a reason. Was it that you wanted to fuck a load of toasters? I don't want to fuck her, Katie. I built her to show you how stupid you were being. I do feel pretty stupid. Hang on. You called it her. Don't call her it. Her name is Gem... She doesn't have a name. This has gone far enough, Richard. This is just typical of you. You're always trying to undermine me. You're my wife. You're supposed to support me. Everything I do is just a joke to you, isn't it? Everything, but building a non-sex, non-robot sex robot out of old toasters that don't even make toast, well... You don't know how lucky you are. Come, come on, Gemma, we don't have to stand up. Come with me, we don't have to stand up to this level of ridicule. Real robots can walk on their own. It's day one, Katie! Would you go to Victor Frankenstein's house on day one and go, that's just a load of old bits of convict bolted together? That isn't the best analogy to use right now. Q-E-D! Fuck's sake, I feel like some toast now. It's just... She's so negative. No, oh, you've done an amazing job. Look, I can't believe it. It's all, oh, I expect it's full of rat piss. As if I'd make a robot out of toasters and not wash the rat piss out first. She doesn't deserve you, Richard. You are an amazing man. It lives! It lives! Rich, sorry, Rich, what are you doing? Shut up, shh, shh, shh. Look, we're meant to be doing a show. We're doing a show, Shut Richard. up, I'm listening to something on Matthew Crosby's iPad, iPod Nano, so shut up. Shouldn't you, shouldn't you be doing that on your own time? Fucking hell, Dan, you're ruining this for me. I'm listening to the Guilty Feminist podcast with Deborah Francis-White and Sophie Hagen, in which they discuss their noble goals as 21st century feminists about the, and the hypocrisies and insecurities that undermine them. You're reading that off a card. Why? Why are you doing that? Oh, a surprise you have, Dan, listening to a feminist podcast. I'm a feminist. <laughs> I'm a feminist, Dan. I've always believed that women should be treated as if they're equal. That is one of the... <laughs> I don't care about that. I just don't know why you're listening to a podcast while you're doing a podcast. Uh, mansplaining, Dan, mansplaining. <laughs> you are a man! That's, that's doubly worse. You're mansplaining to a man, that's double mansplaining. That's awful. Uh, you should listen to The Guilty Feminist. It'll make you laugh, it'll make you think, and maybe be a little bit less sexist than you are at the moment. The Guilty Feminist Podcast. The Guilty Feminist Podcast Feminism Is a range of political movements That share a common goal To define, establish and achieve Political, economic and personal Social rights for women That are equal to those of men Can't believe it, Christine. You're mansplaining as well now. That is... <laughs> Although you're doing it in song form and chicks love that, so that you're, you're, you're golden, it's fine. As it occurs to me. 
So, the other day, my wife made me a delicious lunch. So, it fell to me to provide uh, some pudding to make up for that. So, what I did, I went to the fridge and I picked out two delicious yogurts. Uh, that's a perfectly good dessert. I'm not, just because they happen to be what's in the fridge, I'm not obsessed with yogurt, just because this is the, the third routine I've done about the delightful fermented dessert. Uh, but uh, I went and got one a teaspoon to eat them with and picked, and picked that out and went, There's your yogurt, darling. Did you uh, get me a spoon? Mm, shit, I hadn't got her one. Uh, after, after all the suave sophistication of providing her pudding, I'd forgotten she would need a spoon as well. Such a selfish error could be the last nail in the coffin of our already very shaky marriage. I, I had to think fast. Uh, yes, this spoon is for you. Oh, um, what about you? Oh, it's all right, Tess. She was right. What about me? Damn. Uh, don't, uh, don't worry. I like to eat yoghurts with a fork. That is uh, how I enjoy eating them. So. Uh, mm, do you? Yeah. Do you? Because... Yeah. All the times uh, I've been sitting watching you eating yogurt, I've never seen you use a fork. Never. Well, I don't, not you know, not, I don't, not once. I don't not, eat not them in, all that much. Well, no, many, many, many times. An abnormal amount. An abnormal amount. That isn't true. Uh, and reusing my lunch fork saves on washing up, so it's good for the environment as well. Hmm. Well, go on then, eat your yogurt. I'm... I had to do this. My marriage was at stake. Justice. As long as you load loads of yoghurt on, not much drips through the prongs, you, you, can, you learn something new about yoghurt every day, don't you? You can, yeah, that's a, you can eat it it's with the fork. A, it's working surprisingly mm. well with, mm. the, with the body of the yoghurt, but um, mm. what of the yoghurty dregs? Mm. <laughs> Damn it, I had to think even faster. Oh, in that circumstance, I just spin the fork around. Look, and that is perfectly good... Uh, so, you see, I, I didn't forget to get you a spoon, and mm. now you have to stay married to me. Check on. You am a twat. Correct. I am a twat. This is a new piece of cutlery I've invented. I call it the four yoghurt fork, or the fork for short. Um, I can sell millions of these to people who are much more obsessed with yoghurt than I am. Mm. And I another plus side uh, of that is you can use the fork as a fork. Yeah, exactly. I can see the advert now. I used to take three items of cutlery into the dining room. What an idiot I was. But now, throw away your spoon. Throw away your fork. Throw it right in the bin. Because now, there's a fork. <laughs> With the fork, there's no need to take a fork into the dining room. Or a spoon. You just need two items of cutlery. A fork and a knife. So that's already one less bit of... One less bit of cutlery, is what I'm saying. Already you're feeling like... Fork! <laughs> it was good. I was clearly going to become a millionaire, but I wanted to be a billionaire. And to find out how I did it, you'll have to tune into the next episode. As it occurs to me... Now it's time for a section of the show that I like to call As It Occurred To Me. As it occurred to me, as it occurred to me, as it occurred to me. Before I turned 40, I was lost and lonely and having a bit of a midlife crisis. I met this girl at a gig and we quickly became really good friends. You know, sometimes you meet someone and just click, it's like you've known them forever. In fact, we became such good friends that within three hours of us meeting, she was back in my hotel room, putting my penis into her mouth. 
And there was a bit of an awkward silence, so I thought <coughs> I should fill that silence with some sexy banter. And the sexy banter I chose to employ was... That's right. Suck my big cock. Well, average-sized cock. Well, it's, it's the large side of average. Hmm. Well, what average are you talking about? Do you mean the mean or the median? Because they're often vastly different figures. I mean, the average mean human penis length is 5.6 inches, but 95% of human penises fall between 4 and 7 inches erect. So anyway, size isn't important. Mm. You seem to know an awful lot about penises, someone who's not really that bothered about penises. No, no, it's, it's I just, five years ago, I did a show and a book all about penises, so I just, I've got the statistics to hand. You did a book and a show about penises, but you're not really that bothered about penises. No, the, the thing is, I've actually got quite a decent-sized penis. Mate, that's not even an aperitif. If I was at the start of a party and they were passing around hors d'oeuvres and somebody handed me that as a snack, I would chuck it back. What did you want me to say? I can't say suck my average size cock, can I? That's, that's not sexy. That's better than suck my small cock. Well, that wouldn't be true, though, would it? Like, anyway, it's not the point, is it? It's just, it's just sexy banter. It's just stuff you say to try and turn each other on. It's not meant to stand up to scientific verification under laboratory conditions using sophisticated calibrating machines. And anyway, earlier on, I said you were the most beautiful woman I've ever got off with. I didn't see you saying, oh, no, stop kissing me a second. Let's, let's get out of set square and just check that's definitely true. Am I the most beautiful woman you've got off with? Well, coincidentally, you are, but that's not the point. I would have said it anyway. I say it to all the women, even the ugly ones. It's just polite given what you're going to put them through. Anyway, if you want honesty, I can be honest right back to you. It's a two-way street. Yeah, be honest. I like honesty. But don't say that if you don't mean it, because I can be right honest back to you. And... I love honesty. All right, I will be honest if that's what you want. I'll be honest. I, I think the re only reason either of us is here is because we've got a massive soul-shaped gap in the centre of our chest that we're trying to fill with meaningless sex with a complete stranger in the hope that that will just make us just for a few seconds, not feel alone anymore, just to hold someone in our arms, to feel their skin against ours, to breath upon our necks. It gives us the illusion that we're not alone. It gives us the illusion that we're loved. It gives us the illusion that we're not on just on a massive ball of rock shooting through space and soon we'll be dead for the rest of eternity. Do you want to suck my big cock now? No, because A, I've already told you, it's not that big. And B, what you just said there, was a real boner killer. Shame, because if this was a sitcom or something, I'd have done that long speech, and then you'd have pulled a face like, "Oh God, I can't." And then rather than face everything I'd said, you just said, "Well, I'll just I'll just suck him off then." And thinking that would have been quite a good end to the sketch. Yeah, but this isn't a sitcom, is it? It's real life. And if someone says something to you of that philosophical magnitude, you don't think, "Oh, great, fellatio." Maybe. This is all quite shallow and meaningless. Hang on, you said you were going to put this in a sketch. This is an intimate moment between the two of us. You can't put it in a sketch. No, look, I wouldn't do that to you. I respect you too much. I'm not that, I'm not, that's not the kind of guy I am. I wouldn't do it. Right, because you look exactly like the kind of guy that would do that. What, 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 what does that kind of guy even look like? This. Well, I wouldn't do a sketch of this. I come out of this really badly. People are going to go, oh, I'm going to see... Richard Harrington, oh what, the average sized penis comedian? I've heard that his genitalia is very unextraordinary. It's nice to have a gimmick though. But, but it's not though, it's not a good gimmick, because people will come to my shows expecting that when they'll be shouting out, go on, get out your cock, let's see this average cock then, and then I'd get it out, because I'd have to, and they go, well that is slightly bigger than you led us to believe, I want my money back, and that would be the end of my career. 
think you'd be all right. Look, I won't turn this into a sketch. But if I do turn it into a sketch, I promise I won't say your name. You promise me you won't say my name. I can guarantee I won't say your name. You don't know my name. I've had your stubby little mushroom in there. And you don't know my name. I do, I just, I don't want to say it, so, you know, so no, no one knows who you are. It's nice, it's nice. Is it okay? What letter does it begin with? No, well, because no, if I say the first letter, it might be an unusual letter. What if it's an unusual letter and that will give away who you are, so. Okay, yeah, and is it an unusual letter? Well, I don't know, because I haven't done a survey of the first letter of women's names, so I don't know what a common letter would be. Is that okay? I don't know your name either. You were just watching me on stage. You shouldn't put it in a sketch, but if you do put it in a sketch, you should cut all this waff, end all the conversation earlier. If I was you, I'd pretend after your long speech, I just popped it in my gob. Yeah, but that's not what happened, that's not true. It doesn't have to be true. You're the god of this universe. You're the little mushroom stubby god of this universe. You can make anything happen. Anything? Anything. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Suck my big cock. You are right to say that, for it is a really big cock. Uh, could you say that again with a bit more convictions? That's as much conviction as I can muster. We can do something in post, right, where we we can maybe filter off the the sarcasm there, can we? That's sarcasm dialed down to zero. Is this as funny a sketch when I've just got a massive penis? I mean, I want to say it is, but... I'm just... Yes, Rich, it is a really funny sketch. Oh, thanks. I, I was worried it wasn't going to be. As it occurs to me... <laughs> and now it's time for a little thing I like to call the moral me. It's a moral maze, it's a moral maze, it's a moral, it's a moral maze, it's a moral maze, it's a moral, it's a moral maze, it's a moral maze, it's a moral, it's a moral maze, it's a moral maze. Moral maze. You know, thank you, thank you, Christian Riley. Now, um, things have changed with the moral maze since I had a baby. What? Sorry, you had a baby? You had a baby? Holy shit, you never mentioned it. There were far more moral traps to fall into than when I was a pick-and-mix, stealing, occasional champagne bottle-up-the-anus single man. I, I want to keep my daughter safe, and I wanted to grow up to be a decent person, unlike me. Uh, and recently, I was placed in a real-life moral quandary, and tonight's audience are going to vote on whether my actions were moral, immoral, or amoral. It's a moral maze, it's a moral maze, it's a moral, it's a moral maze, it's a moral maze, moral maze. Me and my wife were, and my baby were out for a walk. Uh, we were all tired. My wife was a bit more tired than I was. Uh, we were snapping at each other, because that's what happens when you've got a tiny child. I suggested that my wife go home and have a rest, whilst I looked after Phoebe, my child. It was a noble gesture designed to make me look superior. Uh, marriage is nothing but a competition, and one that I intend to win. Uh, <laughs> she seemed uncertain I could look after the baby on my own, but I was pretty sure I could give it a go. For the purposes of this sketch, by the way, my daughter is played by this... Ragdoll. Uh, this is uh, genuinely the first Christmas present my daughter was given. My mum gave her this present early. This terrifying, <laughs> button-eyed, albino child. It's like a reverse gollywog. It's, it's sort of offensive. It's the most offensive white stereotype. Imagine giving that to a child. Ah! That's it. Imagine opening a present and then that. Ah! 
Uh, but my daughter actually loves it, and we've called it Barbara after my mum. And, and it's one of the only things she can say is Barbara. She pretends to go on the potty to encourage Phoebe to go on the potty. So it's, she's a lot. Thanks, mum. It was a great, terrifying gift. But anyway, she's playing the part of my daughter for this. So I, I went with my daughter to the popular chain cafe Esquire's. You must know it. It's like my mum's Starbucks. Uh, it's in the West 12 Centre, which is the opposite the Westfield Centre. Good place to have a shopping centre. I, uh, I couldn't push the pram and carry my coffee at the same time, so uh, I put the pram in an empty bit of the cafe, still nervous someone might steal my child as I turned my back, but at least she wasn't near anyone, so I went over to get my cappuccino, which I think I've forgotten to put here, but we'll see. That's the Squires. Don't be fooled. It looks like Pret-a-Manger, but it is. It's very much. And I bought a little. Uh, I bought a little uh, chocolate croissant uh, as well. Um, and I returned to the pram. I realised I totally failed to see a terrifying white-haired old man, scraggly beard old man, sitting right next to my daughter. <laughs> so if you uh, if you paid money into the Kickstarter, this is where it's gone. <laughs> Do you want to show what that? <laughs> I jumped, oh God, uh, the voice in my head said, look, he's old and dirty and homeless and thus definitely mentally unstable and he'll probably launch an unprovoked attack on your baby. Hey, don't be so prejudiced and evil, he's just down on his luck. So to prove that the voice in my head was wrong, I didn't move tables, I was teaching my daughter not to judge lest she be judged. I'm not saying I'm Jesus, that is for, that's for other people to say. Uh, I, I gave Phoebe some of the croissant. There you go. Uh, but not too much, because I wanted to grow up healthy, and also because I really wanted to eat it myself. Uh, do as I say, not as I do. I think that was one of Jesus' as well, wasn't it? But um, when the pastry was gone, my daughter seemed distressed, so I tried to feed her some crumbs like this. The old man saw what was happening, and was he an angel sent by God to teach me a valuable lesson? And if so, why did he smell so horrible? He, um, he saw my predicament. For her. Oh, oh, no, 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 thanks. It's, uh, Please, it's Italian. As if this information somehow overrode all my concerns for giving my daughter some food from a possibly crazy stranger who looked like he hadn't washed his hands for a month. Now, what should I do? It would be a victory for the tiny Donald Trump portion of my brain if I allowed my latent intolerance to take control and threw this gift back in the man's face. And yet, was I willing to give my daughter food that might be ridden with germs just to give the appearance that I was a nice liberal who didn't make judgments, even though I wasn't and I did? <laughs> Common sense dictated there was nothing to worry about. Hey, I'm a kindly old man, and, and, and even though I have nothing, I will share what little I have with your tiny child. But I was concerned the truth might be... I am a serial child murderer. <laughs> what I do is I put poison into these cakes and I give them to tiny little children. I do it every single day. <laughs> every day I do it, but uh, I've not been caught and it's not been in the, uh, in the papers, presumably because the parents, once I murder their kids, are so embarrassed they just don't tell anyone about it. Mm. Also, this was his own food, so it was technically against the rules to eat it. I mean, what that would happen if all the customers of the Esquire's top coffee chain brought in their own croissants, the Esquire's coffee chain wouldn't be the household name that it is today. <laughs> my liberal guilt overcame my desire to protect my child, and I, I ripped off a tiny bit of the pastry and I popped it in her mouth. Uh, then I thanked the man and said I had to go, leaving 99.9% .9 of the Italian Danish behind. This was the worst of both worlds. I'd fed my daughter the potential poison food and offended the man by leaving most of it. I spent the next 30 minutes imagining how angry my wife was going to be when I brought home a poison slash dead baby. 
But as it turns out, nothing bad happened to Phoebe. So the man had been innocent, as I should have assumed. But had Richard been acting morally, immorally or amorally? Um, to argue that uh, Richard was acting immorally, it's actual former solicitor of TV's Emma Kennedy. <laughs> Arguing that Richard had acted morally, please welcome Dan Tetzel. So that's not as good. He's definitely. Why have you got a proper solicitor? Why have I got him? It's all right, Rich. I played Jim McGinn, lawyer and nightclub owner, on 111 episodes of Hollyoaks. That's, that's not as fair. It's not as good as her. I got off with Carmel. Still, that's impressive. So did I. And to argue that Richard was acting amorally, Christian Riley. I don't know what amoral means. <laughs> I would like to call upon Emma Kennedy to argue that Richard was acting immorally. Thank you, my lord. Mr. Herring claims that no immorality has occurred. We beg to differ. Mr. Herring may argue that the Italian-Danish pastry could have been used for another purpose, perhaps an emergency semicircular toilet mat. This is patently nonsense. There is only one use for an Italian-Danish pastry, and that is consumption. But the main contention Mr. Herring is failing to understand is that it was not for him to decide what should be done with the pastry. It was not his property. This contract rests on one stipulation, for her, for her. Mr. Herring's obligation was simply to pass the pastry to his daughter. It was her property. So not only has Mr. Herring failed in his contractual obligation, he has also denied the third party from their rightful property. To wit, he has committed theft and moral turpitude. In short, he has behaved immorally, and we would ask the court to encourage the third party, Miss Phoebe Doris Joy Herring, to make complaint to the police at the next available opportunity. <laughs> the prosecution rests. Thank you, Emma. Dan. Thanks, my lord. Uh, now, I may not know fancy law, but uh, I do know that, uh, that I was stabbed outside a florist. <laughs> Uh, by a man who used to be in El Dorado. So, <laughs> I refer you to the legal precedent, the Crown versus Mercedes off of Hollyoaks. <laughs> that time she stabbed Mitzi and uh, tried to, because she was in love with Riley, and uh, Lindsay Nolan found out, and then the doctor murdered her. Uh, or that other time I got Dodger off when he was accused of pushing Texas out the window <laughs> by Creepy Will, his brother. Um, <laughs> but enough about that. Uh, Essentially, it is a moral thing to feed your child. No matter how you do that, bread, you know, is for, you have to feed your child. Not too much, because she might have a father's genes. But <laughs> he gave her a bit, and that kept... It's fine. <laughs> is that all I... That really is all I wrote. OK, um, I, I rest my... Um, case. case! Thank you, case. yes. Uh, thank you, Daniel. Christian. I don't know what amoral means. 
Now, if Richard is found to be moral, he will win a £20 gift certificate for Esquire's coffee chain, paid for with the Kickstarter money. If he's found immoral, he will have to eat a bag of stale pano chocolats that will have been stamped on the floor, I believe, by Dan. Oh, thank you. Uh, and if he is amoral, he'll get both reward and punishment. Uh, you, the audience, are the jury. So did, did Richard act morally? Cheer now. Yay! Did he act immorally? Cheer now. Yay! Did he act amorally? Cheer now. I think it's amoral. I think it was amoral. It was amoral, so you can start with the croissants. It's a win-win situation, like it's fucking free croissants. I don't, get, I don't care that I've got food poisoning and I've got to eat them off the floor after they've been stamped. <laughs> What's the I worst that can happen? Sorry, I let you down. <laughs> right. The win-win. Oh, uh, um, oh, no. Thanks for watching this episode of As It Feels <laughs> <laughs> Do check out the uh, internet channel, the, the uh, subscription channel, if you want. Uh, and we'll be back next time with more A. Ottoman. Thanks very much. Goodbye. <laughs>